weeks leading up to that, uh, Stacy started to share some things with me, and you know, we decided that this, this would be a perfect message for her to be uh, sharing. So, uh, just forgot, we will be taking communion today. So, uh, if you are at home watching online, grab some grab some juice and some cracker and uh, get ready to take that with us. If you're here in the room and you didn't get a communion cup, just raise your hand and the ushers can uh, get that to you. Amen. Father, we thank you for Pastor Stacy. We just pray your blessing upon her as she shares this morning. Let her share your heart as she speaks your words. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Whew. Wow. What a... I'm telling you, I love how God works all things together. And um, so like Pastor Matt said, um, as we worked on what the Christmas message was going to be about halfway through the month, um, the Lord started to share some things with me. And um, as you know, I only come up when like the Lord really says, hey, I have a message that I want you to give. And so I really felt like, okay, I had to do this. And um, as I share a little bit more, you'll understand he kind of like didn't give up. Like I, he just kept showing me more and more. Um, but I love how... I, I, like, Elizabeth, you don't know anything that I'm going to preach on. And the word that she came up here and gave goes right along with the the message that I'm going to bring today. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I love seeing when the spirit and everything is in unity and everything works together right down to the songs for the worship. They don't even know what I was going to be um, bringing. And um, as I stood here, the Lord kind of started to, like, um, mess with my outline here of how I was going to share it. And um, so I kind of had this, you know, I, I know I'm not the only one, but do we not like the Lord's like do this? And we're like, uh, but Lord, like I really just had this all set in place. And are you sure, you know, by like seconds, I'm like, are you sure that you like, I don't know. And then I like kind of like gave him all my reasons of why I don't really think that's you. And um, so I trust him more than I trust myself. So I'm going to share what he said to share first. But the first thing I am going to share is a testimony. We all love testimonies. We love hearing what God is doing in our lives. And, um, and so this, this week, um, to me, it's amazing. Anybody who's ever gone through something, um, when you start to see God's hand move and you start to see answers to prayers, it gets really exciting. And so I'm definitely going to be more excited than you because it's about me. Okay. So over a year ago, I started a, um, a process of having a, a tooth implant. And from one, from the first moment of having this put in over a year ago, it has been just one hurdle over another. And, um, so we're finally kind of getting to the end stages, at least that's what I thought. And, um, you know, they, they get the posts, we get that in there. And then a couple of weeks ago, I actually don't know the exact date, um, they, they go to go in to do the next phase. And I, you know, just, I drove myself there, um, not exactly understanding what they were going to do. Um, and I wasn't the only one, the assistant wasn't really sure exactly like what was entailed, but the doctor, the dentist knew, like he knew what was going to be entailed. Two and a half hours later, um, in this surgery, uh, six shots of Novocaine. Um, and it was like, as you're there, you can tell when things aren't going right. You know, um, I love my dentist. I have had him for from the time the kids were little, and I trust him, and this is why I go to him, and I trust his expertise. But when they have to twice get up, take their gloves off, and walk out of the room, you know it's not going well. 
And um, so it didn't go well. I got in the car, you know, after you go through something like that. I, you know, Matt, um, Pastor Matt was away. I called him and I was like, you know, I got gauze all up in my mouth because they had to cut my gum line. They had to do all of these, these things that I had no idea. And, um, you know, literally while he's there, this is his expertise. He's manufacturing a piece that broke making it while I'm under, while I'm there. So when I tell you everything just didn't go well, it did not go well. And I thought I had prayed, but for whatever reason, we had all of these complications. And so now we go through some of the healing process. He does begin to tell me and he says, so this is the first of three surgeries. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And, uh, so as the healing process, I got to take pictures, send it to him. Sure enough, the one day I'm like in massive amounts of pain and he's like, a lot of stuff could go wrong. I send him the pictures. He's like, all right, I got to see you. And so this is the Friday before Christmas. This was last Friday. And he says, you got to come in. So of course he makes me the last appointment because he never knows how long we're going to be. And um, so I go in and he, he looks and he says, yeah, I'm not really happy. We had scheduled another appointment for the 19th of January. And he says, we can't wait. I need you to come in. I hope you don't have plans for New Year's week, New Year's Eve weekend. And I said, well, I'm actually supposed to preach. And he goes, well, you might want to have your husband on standby. And um, he says, because I need to get you in Friday. We can't wait. I don't like the way this is going. Friday, I need you to come in at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So that was this past Friday. So obviously I'm here. So just a little bit of what happened. So I just started praying. Pastor Matt was praying. Elizabeth, everybody who knew what was going on started praying. And there was a lot of things that we needed to line up to go right for me not to have to have surgery. So we go in there and um, the receptionist, literally this is how she opens the door to the, um, the sitting room. And um, she opens the door and she goes, are you dreading this appointment as much as I am? Now, I don't mind, I mean, like, if, you're, if your dentist assistant came out and said that to you, like, and I just was like, yeah, I think so. Uh-huh, yep. And, and she's not even the one who's getting the surgery, it's me. And so we walk in or whatever, and she's like, all right, let's take a look or whatever while we were waiting for the other doctor, you know, for the doctor to come in. And she takes a look, she's like, wow. She goes, I don't know. She goes, it looks really good. She goes, I, I don't know if he's going to have to to do the surgery and so a little bit of like okay and um but but my dentist has a tendency not to agree with the receptionist something i've learned so she leaves and the first thing i noticed there's christian music playing blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name and i'm thinking old but good I've never in all the years I've ever gone to this dentist ever heard Christian music. And the song kind of switches and now like Bethel's on. And I'm like, wow, this is not just like radio station. This is like, a sta- this is something they have playing. And I'm like, okay, God, I got it. All right, you're here. So the dentist comes in and he goes, so, so-and-so said that they, she doesn't think that we're going to do this. And I, I, he goes, I just, that's not going to happen. It would be, as he's getting ready to look into my mouth, he goes, I would have a better chance of walking on water than me not having to do that surgery. (laughs) And I just thought that was hysterical. And I was like, well, I know a person who did walk on water. Literally, I said this. So I know somebody who walked on water. I mean, not personally, but I know somebody who did walk on water. So anything is possible. 
So he starts to look around, and you can see him. He goes, hmm, mm-hmm. He starts to look. There's a couple of things they had to do. And he goes, I can't believe I'm going to say this. He goes, I think she's right. <laughs> and at that moment, the, the assistant perks up, and she goes, can you please say that again? <laughs> I don't think I've ever, ever heard you ever say that. So he goes, we're going to see, we're going to see. So he starts to remove the the temporary that's on there, and he goes, I can't believe this. He goes, I don't have to cut your gum. I don't have to do the surgery. I don't have to do what, everything he thought he was going to have to do. And, then, um, and so the assistant got excited because she got to hear for the first time that she was right and he wasn't. And um, so anyway, they go through. Everything runs absolutely smoothly of everything they had to do. And um, as I'm getting ready to leave or whatever, he turns around and he says, also, that other surgery we thought we were going to have to do, he thought he was going to have to graft pieces of my um, gum into that piece because the gum wasn't thick enough. And um, he says, and also he goes, you know, I told you we were going to have to take gum from someplace else and graft it into that area, and your gum is super thick, and we don't have to even do that. He goes, you must have really been praying. And I said, I've been praying, but I got a team of people praying. And so this man literally, you could see he was still like, I cannot believe this. So I just want to thank you, everybody who was praying. And literally, even in 24 hours after doing this next part, I can already see a change even even more um, of where the gum line needs to kind of come down and go in between the two teeth and stuff. And God is working miracles. So don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. So I'm going to be, I, I'm going to try to do this the way the Lord kind of showed me. Um, but you know how anybody here like to go to the end of the book and read the final thing and then start, okay, that's not what I had planned. But I felt like the Lord said, I want you to go to the end so they can see where I'm, where I'm going to take them. Um, and so I'm going to show you, basically what I want to share on is, a dr- I woke up, I think it was around December 14th or whatever, and uh, I woke up with a dream. And, you know, you can tell when something, it's a dream from God because it just doesn't leave you. And when it doesn't leave you, you just start praying, okay, God, like I know this means something, and what does it mean? And so what I want to share with you today is the dream, and then followed up by that were two visions that kind of completed this entire message. And so the Lord, while I was standing here, wants me to share the last vision (laughs) and then go back to what it began with. Um, And so I'm going to do that. So I find it in no coincidence that I'm preaching on the last day of the year. And just because of what the music was, because of what Elizabeth said, you know, we look at New Year's Eve as the end of something and the beginning of something new. And I'm sure all of us have been around people who talk about, you know, starting fresh, New Year's resolutions, this year I'm going to do this, last year was this, and I want to leave that behind, and I want to I wanna start something fresh. And I really, truly believe that God wants to do that today. He wants to start that process. And most of you, I think he's already started that process. Um, But I feel like there's some strategic things that he wants to, I think, uncover. When he brings light to something, the enemy has to flee. 
when we take out of when we shed light on something that was in darkness or we didn't know about all of the sudden the enemy can't hide in there any longer because now his strategies have been revealed and they can't trick us anymore and that's what I'm hoping to unveil and to share with you today um, as we make room for more of him. I really felt like today's message was kind of a part two to Pastor Matt's Christmas message, will you make room? Well, most of us sitting here have made room. We've invited Jesus to come into our lives and to be in us. But sometimes it takes some things to do that. So I'm going to jump down at the bottom because I'm going to do what he, he told me to do. And this is the last vision that I got. And I got this on a Sunday morning. There were two visions. This is the last vision. And so I just got to change this up because it's not the order I was in. And um, the last vision that I saw was that the first moment I was brought in, it looked like the throne room. But instantly it turned into a very cozy living room. Jesus was sitting comfortably on a couch having a conversation with me. There was no clutter, no furniture out of place, beautiful pieces of furniture strategically placed around the room, a feeling of warmth and of home, a safe and peaceful place. He was not in any hurry. He just wanted to spend time with me. And so I want you to imagine the most comfortable place, the most homiest place that you can think of. And if it's not your home, then maybe you have to like, I don't know, pull in a homework living room. I don't know. (laughs) But that's the picture I want you to have because that's the end result that Jesus wants. He wants to have a home in us. And he wants our heart to be his home and what does that look like it looks like this very cozy living room where everything is where it needs to be where there's peace I'm going to wait to share this here but we're going to get into a little bit more of what home looks like but I want that picture as I um, share with you the dream that I had. In the dream, I saw what looked like antique furniture being moved around from floor to floor to make room for what seemed like a party on the main floor. Elevators and dollies were used to move the furniture to the other floors. Bedrooms and hallways quickly became cluttered with odd furniture pieces that didn't belong, making it nearly impossible to move around freely. But the main room was clean and ready for the guests. Only a few pieces of furniture remained. So as I woke up and I had this dream, I could tell like it was I could just tell in my spirit it was a dream from the Lord. I began to pray for what exactly that meant. And I felt like the Lord started to share with me that we clean the rooms we think Jesus wants to inhabit by taking all of the other stuff and moving it to other floors kind of like hiding it. You know, I mean, I don't know about you, but if 
you're having guests come over, maybe around the holidays, all of a sudden, or somebody you don't know knocks at the door and you're like, oh my gosh, and you grab all the dirty dishes, you kind of like open a drawer, you shove them all in, and you hope that nobody opens that up or opens that closet that you just threw all your dirty laundry in. I used to do that as a kid all the time. And my mom said, clean your room. Just don't open the closet. But we can do that with stuff in our lives, too. And it looks great. Jesus is on the main floor. We're all ready for him. Everything's clean. We have a couple of pieces of furniture that we're not ashamed of or we think are good. And we put those out, and everything's good. We treat Jesus like a guest, where he only gets to see our best rather than a resident or an inhabitant that gets to see everything. What we don't realize is that he knows everything anyway. So yes, he can walk into a very nice clean room, but he knows, wow, that second, third attic, it is cluttered up there. And he's not afraid. It doesn't make him want to leave. He just wants an invitation to go to the other floors. He wants access to it all. He doesn't want us to have to move it all the time because all of a sudden the next thing we know is, you know, he's one of those, you know, guests that starts to wander upstairs where you have, you know, thrown everything and we're like, oh no, he can't go in that room. But he doesn't expect us to move it all by ourselves. He actually wants to come in and help sort through it with us. He wants to give, have us have a free and clear life, an uncluttered life. So I had to kind of inquire of the Lord a bit more. I was like, so what's all the antique furniture? What does it represent? And in my spirit, I just kind of started to get and see, and the, the, second, the, the next vision kind of helped share with me, share, share and show me what that was. But furniture can represent habits, circumstances, memories, wounds, thought patterns, excuses, unforgiveness, things that have happened to us, fear, even beliefs that we have. They're not always bad things. Some of the furniture is good. But we, it is, hold on, sorry. It can be anything in our lives that we haven't surrendered or allowed Jesus to take part in. We haven't allowed him to bring his perspective and his light to those things. Jesus wants to be part of the inventory process of everything that goes on inside of us. He wants to bring his truth, and he wants to lighten our load. He doesn't want to just stay in the guest floor where it's all nice and beautiful. He wants to inhabit the whole house. He wants the master key. And as I, I saw that Jesus started to move from floor to floor, furniture was continually shuffled to other floors using elevators to make room on whatever floor we thought Jesus wanted to come on. So how do we know if we're moving furniture to other floors? The walk with Jesus, if anybody's been walking with Jesus for any amount of time, even if you got saved last Sunday, is a progression. It's a journey with the Lord. 
we're always moving. We're always moving. It's always progressive. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. He wants us to celebrate the progress. In fact, he's the one who actually celebrates the most. Every time we take another little step. So one way you'll know you're moving furniture around is that the same thing that you thought that you dealt with comes back. You just took it to another floor. It could be days, months, or even years before that comes back. Is there a cycle you can't seem to get out of? Is there a habit, a thought process that you can't seem to break? Or a person you just can't seem to forgive? Maybe even yourself. Then there's probably furniture that you're kind of moving around that he hasn't had access to yet. Psalm 139, I love the entire psalm. I'm going to kind of like, we're going to talk about Psalm 23 and 24, but I want to allude it with this. In that scripture, before he gets to this last part, and um, Pastor Matt actually got up and started to share some of them, like, he's doing my message. The whole beginning of it is the fact that he knows us that he created us. The first verse in 139 is, he has searched you. He knows about all the clutter. He knows everything about you. And I think he puts all of that in so that when we get to 23 and 24, we're more open to be able to pray this. So many times we read scripture and we just read it over. But as I read this, I really want you to think about what it says. And are you ready to actually pray that to Jesus? It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting light. Know my heart. Point out anything in me that offends you. You know who I think was really good at this? Peter. And if you kind of, I started to kind of look back at the life of Peter and wow, if anybody made a lot of mistakes, it was Peter in the New Testament. We kind of think of David in the Old Testament, Peter in the New Testament. He was like just, you know, if we had a son like him, we'd probably want to rein him in all the time. But Peter, I think, grasped letting go of things so easily. You know, at the, at the, in the, near the end of Jesus' life, Peter denied that he knew Jesus, not once, not twice, three times. Yeah. Three times. And it says that Jesus heard him. So Jesus actually witnessed Peter denying him. And it says that Peter ran, aw- ran off. So he failed the test. He wasn't perfect. He failed the test. But yet, it didn't stop him. Three days later, where do we find Peter? Three days later, Peter is running to the tomb. And he doesn't stop outside the tomb. He actually runs into the tomb, probably hoping to see Jesus. So what had occurred three days earlier, 
he had already been able to bring to the Lord and embrace the Lord's forgiveness and realize that that didn't define him. He didn't live in the past. He embraced the future. He was actually in the room when Jesus appears to the disciples. And I kind of had to think about that. I'm like, if I just deny Jesus three times and he heard me, I don't know if I would be bold enough to want to be with the disciples who seemed to have been perfect and didn't, didn't do anything. But he didn't, have, he didn't let that hold him back. He claimed and he held on to the identity that Jesus said to him, Peter, you are the rock. A couple of um, days later, we were here at worship and uh, on a Sunday morning, and the Lord gave me this vision. And it's the next part of this dream that I had. And in the vision, I saw the house again. That's how I knew it was part of the dream. And I was like, well, that's strange. And when I looked at the house, furniture was being tossed off the upper floors. It was like the side of the the house had just opened up and just furniture was just being tossed into dumpsters and literally as furniture was was falling I could see one of the pieces was fear in the form of furniture being thrown off memories anxiety circumstances titles names whatever and as it hit it shattered into pieces and the dumpsters were toted away I saw Jesus standing there as each and every piece was evaluated. Some was kept and others discarded. I noticed that after each evaluation, the atmosphere got lighter and brighter in the house. Less clutter. There wasn't this heaviness or darkness that seemed to elude um, before. And that even some of the pieces became new. So he didn't discard all of them. Some of them needed to just be renewed by his perspective. How do we, you know, sometimes we have memories, and the Lord has done this with me. He'll bring up a memory, and I'll be like, okay. And then he'll have a little conversation with me. And sometimes I'm like, well, something's different. And he's like, because you've invited me into that memory. I want you to see true because we can only see through certain lenses. There's certain veils that coat and distort things. But when he comes in and he shows us truth with whatever that thing is, all of a sudden that thing that maybe was being used against us, now all of a sudden we get a new perspective and we see it completely different. We see it through his eyes. But I realized something. There's something very vulnerable about allowing Jesus to take part in that process with us. We have to surrender our right to keep it. Again, it can be good things and it can be not so good things. But we have to surrender our right to keep it, no matter what it is. Surrender the right to be right. We need to trust him completely. 
when we clear out certain spaces, what I realized was that we trust him with those kind of things. We trust him with that space or that thing. But then there's this other stuff. And the things that we keep moving, we don't necessarily trust him with. But I realized Jesus kind of stood there and he allowed kind of the things to come to him as, as we gave him those things. He's very, very patient. He won't grab it and he won't fight you for it. He will ask you honest questions about it and he will answer your genuine questions. He will always answer with truth and that always brings freedom no matter what that thing is. Like I said, most of us here have Jesus living in our hearts. But I think that most of us can probably attest to the fact that we probably move some furniture around rather than let Jesus help us evaluate it or bring in truth. To have the freedom to eliminate that thing that we hold so dearly to. And like I shared at the beginning, the last part of that vision was Jesus sitting in that very comfortable living room with us. Making his home in our hearts. Where all the pieces that are left are beautiful, some are old, some are new, but they're all renewed by him. All he wants is that one-on-one relationship with him. Pastor Matt last week um, read Ephesians 3.17, and I want to read that again. It says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And I want to hone in on the part, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts. As he was preaching, as Pastor Matt was preaching last week, I had to grab my phone because I got this download of what home is. Home is where all the walls come down. We let down all of our guards, all the facades. Where your true self is exposed, you don't have to pretend to be somebody else. Everything is laid bare. Where you are accepted for who you truly are. A true sense of belonging and safety. And that's exactly how Jesus wants us to feel with him. Where we're not, we don't feel like we have to hide anything. We can be ourselves, the good stuff and the bad stuff. It doesn't make him love us any less. It doesn't make him love us any more as we get rid of stuff. He loves us the same, with it or without it. The benefit of being without it is we are more free. We're not carrying the heaviness and the burden. We're surrendering it to him, and we get to fully be who God created us to be. He already knows what it looks like. Just like he knew Peter was going to be the rock before he ever was. He calls into us already the destiny and the purpose that he already has for us. That's how he sees us. He wants unencumbered fellowship in hearts with full, that he has full access to. 
And I really sense that whether it's today, but I, I know that it's even in for 2024, in all the, the years past that, that that's what he wants. It's his ultimate goal is to be sitting in that place so comfortable just communicating one-on-one -on -one with you with nothing hidden. And I know that he wants to start that today. So I want to do a couple of things. I am a person who loves activation. It's how I learn. And so I want to take just a moment to reflect. And we're going to do just two things. So again, I want you to know this process of going through all of that stuff with Jesus, it doesn't just take the little bit of time that we're going to have here today. You're not going to complete it all tomorrow. You're not even going to complete it all in 2024. Jesus is so into the journey. That's what he wants. He wants the journey with you. He wants to walk with you. It's the invitation. Come, walk with me. Be with me. That's what he's always putting out. So everything is geared towards drawing us closer and walking with him. So the first thing I want to do is I want to just everybody close their eyes and we're going to take maybe about a minute and I want you to bring to the Lord something that you're disappointed about this year. Maybe something that didn't go the way that you wanted. And when I said that, something just popped into your, your mind. That's it. Don't try to second guess yourself. And as you give that to him, I want you to ask him, Lord, bring your light into this. Help me to see this thing through your eyes in your perspective. Break any lie that is surrounding this thing and show me your truth. Now, some of you may have already gotten the Lord's perspective on this, and you'll know that because there's a lightness that comes as you know that you surrendered that and you got to see it through his eyes. And some of you, it might take a little longer. And so go back in your prayer time and bring this up again with him. He wants to have that communication with you. He wants to be honest with you. And one thing about him is you will never leave that conversation feeling defeated, feeling less, feeling broken. He always restores and he always brings life into anything that he's touching in your life. The next thing I want to do 
is I want you, you can do the same thing, close your eyes, and I want you to thank him. I want you, for a minute, we're going to thank him. Praise him. Thank him for what he did. For what he's done this year. It says we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter the throne room. We enter the kingdom realm with thanksgiving. It's like the master key to his presence. Jesus, we just thank you right now. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the things that are being broken. We thank you for loved ones that came to know you this year. We thank you for getting us to this place in our journey with you. We thank you for supplying everything that we needed. We thank you that you pursued us that you loved us, that you came to this earth and you suffered a criminal's death for us. And that we get to just be with you and spend eternity with you in heaven, but that we get to walk this earth with you. We thank you for that, Jesus. You're so worthy. You're so worthy. And there's one last thing I want to do. The Lord challenged me this December to take communion every single day leading up to um, Christmas. And um, I'm telling you, it was... um, It's something I kind of... I don't want to become religious about it, but I just so enjoyed it. Um, I just loved that time with him. And uh, I know that he enjoyed that time with me. But I want to end 2023 taking communion. It's a great way to end the year. And um, I know that Jesus is with us into the next year. And he's got so much more planned for us. He's got that living room experience planned for us. If you don't know, I actually use this, The Power of Communion. It's a book um, put out by Benny Johnson with her husband. And it's got, I think, 40 days of prayer of to take you through communion. And um, it just helps you reflect.
on what Jesus has done and helps you in that journey of just getting to know him and having that time with him. So I'm going to read the one passage out of this. Thank you, God, that you have made yourself so accessible to me. It is not hard to reach you. I do not have to strive. I will never be found unworthy of your love. I come to the gift of communion today like a child. We surrender it all to you, Lord. I take your body, surrendering all to your perfect will. take your blood joyfully celebrating that I can approach your presence boldly without fear or insecurity my heart has been made clean by your sacrifice and I run into your arms experiencing your delight in me Thank you, Jesus, for your blood and your body. I want to leave you with this one one last thing. Years ago, my daughter told me about how she would pray and ask the Lord for what he had for her coming up in the new year. And I love that we can learn from anybody, even people who are younger than us. And so from that moment on, I started doing that. And I would write down, and sure enough, when I would pray, the Lord would give me a word. Sometimes it was scripture, sometimes it was one or two words. But it's been really interesting how I can now look back over all these years and see the journey that the Lord had me on from one year to the next. And so I just want to encourage you, if you've never done that before, he has something he wants for you for 2024. Pray and ask him. And sometimes, you know, it'll just be these You know, one year I think mine was be yielded and surrendered. That was it, very simple. That's all the words I heard. And then as I looked back over the year, I realized, wow, look at the journey he took me on to be yielded and surrendered. And then it's interesting now after all of these years, I can put this together and it's kind of like pieces to a puzzle that we can start to see. And so start that journey with him because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He has a plan and a purpose for 2024, 2025. Just ask him. He really wants to share it with you. And it is a good plan. It's a good plan. I think Brian is coming up to receive the offering. Thank you so much for giving me the... It is a privilege to come up and share with you. And I look so forward to seeing what, what the Lord has for all of you in 2024. Amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Wow.
That was good. It's hard to follow that up. <laughs> All right. Um, so there are multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. There's a card in your chair backs. And there are slides on the screen that tell you the four different ways to give. And uh, we are also in the midst of our uh, annual Kingdom Builder offering. It is the only special offering that we take all, uh, um, above all the regular tithes. So if you do want to um, you know, uh, offer uh, for that specifically, then please mark that KB if giving uh, on the envelope. All right. Um, <laughs> it's amazing, uh, Pastor Matt, how you're, or, or Pastor Stacey, how you're talking about the unity, right? You know, and everything's falling in line. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're all very generous here, right? Um, and he wants, he, the Lord, wants us to co-labor with him more and more and more. And one of the best ways we can do that is with our finances. But it's not just, and there's many wonderful things that are done with that. But the biggest thing with that is not, it, yes, it is with what the money is used for. But it's what it does to us. It's what it does to us. Right? Because he, he wants all of this, like Pastor Stacy so beautifully described in, in the sermon. He wants it all. He wants it all. And that includes our money. Right? Don't, I'm not saying don't donate all your money. That's not what I'm saying. That's not, the, that's not what I'm saying. He wants all of our heart. <laughs> right? And then lead you to how, how, how you see fit, wherever your journey is um, on that path that he, um, he has for you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and uh, I recently uh, heard this quote, um, it's the journey that makes the man, not the accomplishment, right? And that, that goes for women too. It's not just, you know, gender specific. Um, so it's that journey, that co-laboring, you know, however long it takes with him and just giving all your heart to him and surrendering all. Um, so let's pray. Lord, thank you, Lord, so much for all that, all that you are, for who you are, allowing us to co-labor with you um, and being on this wonderful journey and adventure um, that, uh, that, that you have for us. Um, and it's just so beautiful. And th this next year is going to be so great. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you've given us and everything that, uh, that you have for us. Um, and we so look forward expectantly to this next year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, again, if you're a first-time guest uh, with us, please make your way to the Connect Corner um, after the service for your free t-shirt. And our prayer and healing team is available. If you need or would like prayer, they'll be up in the front of the screens. Um, and on your way out today, please greet someone that you do not know. And uh, we'll see you here uh, next Sunday. <laughs>